right, thank you. Some music is a blessing. I, I was not a music person is in the sense that I never listened to music all that much for a long time. Hebrews chapter 11, while Pastor Shemish is muttering on the way in. But um, Hebrews chapter 11. But uh, increasingly I found, uh, particularly in Thailand, and it was probably of the Lord, uh, that I just needed to uh, put on music sometimes and, and listen to edifying words that uh, encourage me. And many times God has used the words of a song to speak to me and probably, you know, for many of you too. Uh, there, there was one playing recently, I, and, and I'll leave, a, you know, leave it on so it's playing through the speaker. And, uh, and I was, um, I, I'd listened to, it, I'd listened to the, uh, that CD before many times uh, but uh, I don't know, apparently I missed that song. But every time I walked past the speaker, every time, it kept saying the same lines. There was about the same two things kept saying. And I thought, I must have it stuck on a... It must be... But it wasn't. It was just... And, and I really felt the Lord used that to just say something to me. And he uses different things to speak to us, but I think music is important. And if you're gifted... In the area of music, you should use that to edify people. Um, it was the line of Cain, separate Bible study, but it was the line of Cain that took a whole lot of things that God had given and just uh, used those things for themselves versus any, uh, anything for God. So they, they were, it was the line of Cain that pursued pleasure for pleasure's sake. It was the line of Cain that took music and used it just for themselves. Uh, but uh, those of us who know the Lord and have some ability in the area of, of music, you should edify others with that because people can be strengthened through that music and the words. I, I always think a song should be like a sermon in that it should say something. All right, it shouldn't just be a, you know, I don't mind catchy tunes for kids or whatever, but, but a song should be like a sermon. It should say something. And a song like a sermon, uh, the more content it has, the more likely it will speak to people. And so I, uh, in, in days gone by, songs were perhaps more that way than, than some. There's still some good songs. Hope you're praying about your Faith Promise uh, uh, card. Uh, mine is torn in two already. Uh, I think Suzanne got angry about the concept and ripped it up or something. I'm not sure. Uh, pray about her temper problem, please. And, um, but uh, uh, I hope you're praying about your faith promise card and uh, just asking the Lord what he'd have you to give and uh, be faithful in the area of giving towards missions. It is something that is really important to the Lord. Uh, if you love the Lord then learn to love the things that the Lord loves. So, you know, and missions is something that the Lord cares about. And I hope you're praying and you'll, you'll do your part and be faithful with that uh, right up until we don't have to send out missionaries anymore. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, let's read two verses. And I uh, want to just uh, use something here as an example and hope that it will be edifying. Verse number 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder 
of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Uh, verse number six, of course, is, is very profound. And uh, verse number six, I think, means more than we typically or we can think it means. We often read it over it like, mm -hmm, I get that. But it's, uh, it very much talks about the fact that uh, the only way that you get to come to God is that you must come by faith. So Jeremy last night alluded to the fact that in Revelation it talks about people from kindreds, tongues and tribes, different people being assembled in heaven. All of those people only got there because they, they came by faith, by faith in Christ, but they came by faith. So what I'm saying is God has set up the world uh, that if you just look with your eyes, sight, sight won't get you there. God will not permit you to believe on him by sight. Now, I, I didn't structure it that way. I was just born into it. It is what it is. But that's what this verse is saying, that, that without faith, it, it's impossible. So God sets faith as the, as the requirement. You've got to have faith, first of all, that God is there. So you won't see that, but it is true. You can see what he did, but you won't see him. And so he requires that you have to have faith in the fact that, that he's even there, and he is. Uh, and if you'll come to him, everybody who's in heaven now, whoever got there, got there because they had faith in something they could not see with their eyes, yet they knew it was true. And so faith is important for belief, but further than that, verse 6 tells us that those that come to God must not only believe that he is, uh, but also that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And this is saying to us that, that more than just knowing he's there, uh, further than that, we know that if we will go after the things of God, that he will, he will reward that and that there is an eternal reward. There is more than what is just here. And that's what separates us from a whole lot of other people, is that uh, we, we, are, we are living our life with a view that this is not everything, that, that we're living our life not, not thinking, well, I'm just going to try to get everything I can out of this life because when it's over, it's over. We don't believe that. We believe that actually what you do here uh, will just determine, uh, if you're saved, your measure of reward and uh, so we're living with one eye on that. You hear about people using the phrase here in Australia, uh, you know, live in the life. He's living the life. Usually whatever that is, uh, what they really mean is I found a way to just live for myself and live for pleasure right now. We, and the idea behind that is that I'm just getting to do what I want to do. And, uh, and that's a good use of life. But, of course, we don't share that view. Uh, we have a view that, no, there's, there's more and we not only believe that God is there, we believe that he will, he will reward those who, who go after him and try to do his will in this life. Noah was one of those people. And so in verse number seven, verse number seven is God's word uh, about Noah. It's the summary 
the eternal summary, the God view of Noah's life in verse number seven. And as the word of God will live and abide forever, what is said about Noah here will also live and abide forever. And so God, God uh, this is God's summary uh, of Noah's life. Now, you'll notice in verse number seven, uh, there is no mention of Noah's drunkenness. Uh, but if you, go, if you go back, you'll find it there. Uh, you'll find that as one of the events of his life. But, but that is not, God, God determined that that was not the summary of Noah's life. That was not when God spoke of, of who Noah was and what he did and what his life was all about. None of that is mentioned. Uh, what God highlights and God says the eternal part uh, is of his faith and what he did with his faith. Faith, faith uh, outworks itself by action. So if you, uh, to have faith, if faith is real, faith will result in something. You'll, you'll, you'll do something with it. Uh, action demonstrates that we believe God is a rewarder of those who seek him and we, we seek to please him uh, by what we do. What we do is an outworking of what we believe, our faith. And so no mention of Noah's uh, uh, drunkenness, but, but mention of his faith. Yet uh, frailty, uh, human frailty, of which we all uh, have um, a measure, human frailty and failures uh, are not strangers to the man of faith. Uh, you can't read... Uh, the account, the lives of most of these mentioned here uh, without knowing of some failure in their life uh, at some point. And yet, uh, to God, those things were present, uh, but they're not that part that is eternally memorable. It's not what God remembers about someone. And uh, I, think, I think we need to remind ourselves of that because uh, in serving God, we will have frailty. And uh, there, will be, there will be failures, yet the works of faith that we do in living here, those are the things that please God. And when God looks at somebody's life, it's our works of faith that God uh, remembers. That, that, that's what God says that stands out. So we want to be having those things. It's not that God is absent-minded, that he forgets about the failures or he forgot about the fact when Noah got drunk. It's not that is that God chooses uh, what to forget and he chooses what to remember. And there are some things God, by choice, chooses to forget. And then there are some things that God chooses to remember. And uh, what the things that we do uh, for the Lord and by faith are the things that will will be the measure of, of who we were in our life down here. Uh, it's the blood of Christ uh, that redeemed us to God, uh, thank God. But it's faith and deeds of faith that endear us to God. Uh, God, is, God is pleased with those things. He likes that. He likes to see somebody who will, who will do something uh, by faith. We all have an opportunity to do things by faith, all right? You don't, you don't have to be in a foreign field somewhere to, to step into the arena of faith. Uh, those who will look around and say, 
Uh, is there not a cause? Uh, those are the people that God particularly loves, people who, who care about his cause. So uh, Noah's faith is highlighted here, and uh, I think he stands out as an example to us. Uh, firstly, by this, uh, if you go back and you read the story of uh, Noah uh, preparing the ark, Noah was listening to a different voice to all the rest of the people around him. You know, there are, there are many voices uh, that you will hear in your life, but there are few you should listen to. The voices of uh, cultural conformity, uh, you'll hear that a lot from our friends, uh, from the media, uh, from uh, governments. Uh, there are uh, what we might call uh, progressive voices who adhere to no greater authority than the group. And those voices uh, will be around you. And you have to, you have to decide uh, what it is you are listening to. I don't know how many times, regrettably, uh, I've seen uh, people believe, well, people who, uh, let's say, were in an environment of belief, uh, were positioned that they, they could have uh, taken hold of what they heard. They, they were not people who didn't know what was true or had never heard it. Uh, but I've seen again and again, I've seen it with children who are, uh, at one time uh, sat in church pews, uh, get captured by the voices around them. And, uh, and they begin to listen to those voices and they begin to define their life by the, the voices of those around them. Now, you're going to get that wherever you are. If you're working around people, if you're turning a TV on, if you're reading the paper, if you're just listening to the radio, you're going to get those voices going to be coming in all the time. And what they're doing... They're trying to define for you what's important, uh, what's normal, uh, what everybody else is doing. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an attempt there to, to, uh, to, to gain your listening, to gain your ears. And uh, there are voices like that. They compete for who will you listen to, uh, which, which, which voices will matter to you. And uh, Noah, Noah had lots of that going on around him. Uh, there are voices within and uh, there are voices without that, that contend to try to get your attention. Uh, you know, and there's a certain amount of comfort in conformity. Uh, many times people just decide, look, I'm just going to throw my lot in with the world. And I don't think they say it that way, but that's what they do. They just decide that, that this is what everybody is saying, and by that they mean the majority, so this is, this is who I am. And uh, this, this is the thing I'll measure myself by. And now I'm just like them and they're like me. And uh, there's a certain comfort in that, in, that, in conforming in this day and age. Uh, uh, you know, in a, in a progressive culture uh, like this, uh, if you will just agree with the majority, then it earns you a place in the group. You can be, you can be part of the group. And uh, you won't have to be subjected to uh, the scorn or the humiliation that uh, others uh, who, who do not conform to those voices go through. But, you know, uh, we, have, we have eternity to respond to. We have, 
we have eternity coming. I think of Luke chapter 16, verse 25, where the rich man is uh, in hell. And Abraham says to him, uh, son, remember that uh, thou in thy lifetime uh, receivest thy good things. So he says, uh, well, uh, you know that uh, when you had your life, you had good things. You, you, were, you were liked. You were accepted. Uh, you, were, you were connected. Uh, you, 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 you threw your lot in with uh, all that was of the world and that's, that's what you did. Remember you had that? And uh, you, 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 you had it good. Uh, and uh, likewise, Lazarus, evil things. And then he says, but now, but now, Lazarus, he is comforted and thou art tormented. And those that listen to the voices of the world that, that, that is uh, dismissive of anything of God and, and uh, tries to su- sort of define your morality for you and tell you what's right and wrong and tell you even what the big issues are, what, what, what you what the big issues of life are. You can get seduced into that. And maybe nobody here does. But certainly many who were once here have. And they're part of it now. I was, I was in Seattle just a few weeks ago for a missions conference. They said there's more cranes for building in Seattle right now than any other city in the world. Than any of the cities in China uh, where there's a lot going on, but there's, there's more construction going on, more buildings going on in Seattle, uh, they said, than, than anywhere else. And short, you know, I did get to look around. And, uh, and they took me to do a, an insider's tour uh, of the Amazon headquarters, the headquarters of Amazon. And Amazon apparently employs about 50,000 people globally and uh, five to 7,000 uh, in, that, in that area where we were. And so they have multiple buildings. They don't have one. They have many, many buildings in Seattle itself. And, and uh, you know, you, 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 you do the tour and, I'm, you know, it was interesting. You're grateful and, uh, you know, you see, you see the things you've read about. You know, the, the slippery slides. You take your pets to work. Uh, you get a free banana because it's good for you. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you discuss work at, you know, you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff that you've read about Google and all of that, how they, how they do all that, and it was all there. And uh, the, the food that's available and, and all that kind of stuff, the, the new workforce. And, and uh, what was interesting to me was how many people are there. There's just a lot of, a lot of people there from India, uh, a lot of people there from other third world countries. And, and uh, those people, you know, they must have studied, uh, you know, computer skills and such. And uh, they've just embraced the whole dream. They've just, they're, they're, they're right in there. And, uh, and they're just, and it's kind of like a different world when you just see how those people are living and they've built a dome with a rainforest in it that you can go and have meetings in. And we've walked around that and, and, uh, and, and they've just embraced the whole dream. Now, when I see that, uh, you know, it was interesting and there are people in there who are in church and giving to missions sacrificially. Thank God for them. But when I see all that stuff, you know, I'm not enamoured by that. Uh, but, but, but what I see is that I look at technology as you're building the infrastructure of the Antichrist. That's what you're doing. 
Uh, we were taken into a, a, a store there, an Amazon store, you know, cutting edge, where uh, you don't have any money and uh, you, don't, you don't check out. You just go in and they recognise you and you can walk around the whole store and you can just pull things off the shelf that you want and, and you don't scan them. Uh, you just take them and you leave. And it, it follows you through the whole shopping experience. It knows everything you've taken, uh, who you are, uh, what account that's to go to. And uh, as long as you have the code and that, you're, you know, you're in and out and there's no people anymore uh, and, and that's, that's, they're going to bring that all over. Uh, the 7-Eleven stores, which aren't much here, but in Asia, anyone who's gone to Asia will tell you they're just everywhere. There's thousands of them in Thailand. It's not an exaggeration. Thousands of 7-Eleven stores. 7-Eleven stores in Thailand have just introduced uh, cameras that will have facial recognition software so that they will build up a database of their customers by face and they will know what their customers are buying by following them around the store. Now, I'm just saying, there are people enamoured with that. There are people who just think, isn't this great? You know, this, there are people who think technology will save us. You know what, it's just, we're, we're on the slippery slide to the tribulation. That's all we are. This is the infrastructure of the Antichrist. Uh, uh, you know, it'll go from being a novelty that you won't have the mark and you won't be able to buy or sell. And that's where all it's heading. And, I, and I'm just saying that there's different voices going on trying to define for you what is the world and what matters and, and what should you be living for and where does hope lie and, and what are you supposed to do. And, and depending what you keep listening to, that will shape you. And uh, you, can, you can become, you know, you, 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 will, you will become part of that. And I, I'm, I'm not advocating to, uh, that we, we can move into a monastery uh, I don't believe in that. I, I, you know, there's, there's just some things around us we have to just find, well, God, what do I do with that? Uh, but Noah stands out as someone above all of the noise of the culture that was in rapid decline, a culture that Jesus said would be like the one that we are in now. Uh, above all of that, Noah was able to hear the voice of God. And that's... That's where we have to be. We have to be able to be at a place where we are, we are hearing God's voice and even understanding uh, that those around us uh, are not hearing uh, what we're hearing. Uh, they're listening to different voices. But Noah heard the voice of God. You have to decide whose voice you listen to. Sometimes I'll hear things and I can't help it. I'll see something or I'll hear something and, you know, and, I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll go. And I'm kind of like, did you catch that? And of course he did. But it's just like, you know, and I just feel, he said, why do you do that? Because, because I'm looking at things from a God view. I'm, I'm looking at it like, uh, uh, how does this fit with God? But they're not looking that way. They, 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 they think you're a crazy. They, they, they'll, they'll tell you, you're believing in some Santa Claus in the sky. Uh, they're, they're, they're redefining life and what it's about. Uh, and uh, and uh, depending what you listen to will affect you. But Noah, by faith, had the ability to, to hear God's voice telling him what he was supposed to do. And that's what we need to do uh, 
in the pursuit of missions, uh, with our giving, uh, with our serving, that above all the noise and rattle of the life around us, God, what, what do you want me to do? What's, what, what matters in this life? I'll tell you, a lot of the things that we are living for, and some of it we have to, we've got to have somewhere to bed our children down, we need to have a roof over our head, you know, you probably need transport to get you around and other things, and those things are not wrong, but they definitely fall in the category of temporal. You know, you pick, pick the richest person in the world and look at all they have and just understand that really all they ever have is a lease. They never really own it because they have to leave it behind. So, so a wealthy man has maybe a 70 or an 80-year lease on all those properties. Kerry, Kerry Packer just had a 70-year lease. That's all he had. But it was going to expire when all that was going to have to go. They don't own anything. So we don't want to get caught up in that. We want to be saying, God, what would you have us to do? And Noah listened to the voice of God. He heard the voice of God because in Genesis 6 it said, before God ever told him to build that ark, before that it said in Genesis 6 and verse number 9, Noah walked with God. Before God ever said anything to him about preparing an ark, before that, Noah walked with God. Chapter 6, verse number 9. And then chapter 6, verse number 13. And God said unto Noah. Noah walked with God and then when God spoke unto Noah, in in chapter 6, verse 22, we read, thus did Noah. And that needs to be us, that we are walking with God, that we can hear the voice of God and that we will do the work of God. And Noah did that. You know, when we walk with God, when you walk with God, God will tell you things that he doesn't tell everybody else. You you should not think God says the same things to everybody. He doesn't. He doesn't. There's There's many people, in fact, most, God is not even talking to. He has nothing to say to them except repent. He has nothing to say to them except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But he's not dialoguing with them about anything else. He's not talking to them about missions. He's not, he's, not, he's not touching them about that which is on God's heart. None of that is happening. God is not conversing with them. If you're, if you're listening to many other voices, and that can be voices in your head or the voices of your culture, or sometimes I remember for me when I first got saved, it was the voices of my unsaved family and uh, how they would say things to me and, and how they would... Uh, and then it became the voices of uh, lesser committed Christians uh, who they would say things to me. And you have to decide who are you listening to and whose voice is, is, is the one that you give adherence to. And Noah's work of faith happened because he could hear God's voice above, above all the rest. Uh, God will tell you things if you'll, if you'll walk with him. Uh, that's sometimes we say, well, we, it's, our, it's our committed people who get called to missions. It's our committed people who are listening to God. I mean, it's just, that's all, the, that's all, that's all you're seeing there. That's all that phenomena is. It's just that people who are already walking with God often hear God say things to them that, that they then respond to. 
So if you'll walk with God, 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 God will speak to you and God will tell you your part. Most of, most of you here tonight, you will, you will not go to a foreign field and you're not meant to do that. You're not, you're not called to that. You can visit, uh, but, but it's, not, it's not your life calling. You haven't been asked by God to do that. But for sure, God has asked you to do other things. For sure, God wants you to support those he has sent out. Uh, for sure, God wants you to be faithful to your local church and make sure that your local church is strong. And, and uh, for sure, God wants you to use every opportunity you have to give the gospel to other people. But not everybody will be, will be asked to go out, but some are. But it's important that we all are hearing God's voice. Even when you're praying about your, uh, your faith promise, you know, you, you need to, you need to, you want to be God-directed. Uh, you want to try and say, Lord, what, what, do, what do you want me to do here? And it's private. There's, I don't think there's any names. Uh, it's, they're all barcoded. It's, uh, it's private. Um, there's a chip if you, and, um, and uh, you, you know, you pray and you want to you be led of God about what your part in that is. God understands the need. God understands uh, what, uh, what needs to be done and God will resource the field. But, but we want to be, be like Noah, listening, listening to God's voice uh, uh, above all the rest. I, I, don't, I don't believe the narrative of this world. I don't believe what they say about who we are. I don't believe that. I don't believe what they say about how you're supposed to live. I, I don't believe that. And that makes me different from the people around me. I don't, I don't believe that I'm here to do what makes me happy. Now, I'm glad when what I do makes me happy, but I don't believe I'm here with, with the ultimate goal of, of happiness as the, as the utopia that I'm aiming for. I don't, I don't believe that. So I'm going to be living differently already now to the people around me. We've separated because I actually believe, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, a, a, a doctor said to me once, said, well, you know, you, you, this, uh, what you're doing is taking a toll on, on your body and, and uh, you know, such and such. And, mm -hmm. uh, so, well, why don't you just come home? Well, well, wh well, why are you there? All right, well, his mindset was, uh, if it's damaging to you in any way, then cast it off. If you're suffering in any way, uh, well, cast it off and just do what makes you feel happy and, uh, or what, what gives you... Ha and that's how they think. That's what most people around you... But we don't believe that. We actually believe that I might be called to suffer for the sake of something greater than myself. And Noah was simply... He was listening to a different voice... And we've got to be careful. You know what? We have teen kids in our churches who get seduced by the voices of this culture. And it's tragic. And, I, you know, I've seen it. And now they become advocates for the voice of that, that thing. And you know, they're advocates because it tricked them first. And now they believe it. And, and they've, they've tied themselves to the group. You know, when you tie yourself to the group, it's kind of like, uh, you know tying yourself to the post on the Titanic. If you're going to do that, you have to understand you, you're going to go down with them. You, 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 now, now it's okay. 
Now, now enjoy your moment in the light. Uh, now, now enjoy your boldness for sin. Uh, now, now enjoy uh, when you celebrate everything that God says you should not and people, people pat you on the back and tell you, enjoy, because uh, it's coming to an end, because you're going to get older uh, if you do and then you're going to have to leave. And when you leave, it's a but now moment. But now, he is comforted and you are tormented. And everybody has to have their but now moment uh, that we see in Luke chapter 16. So, so you, you, know, you can conform to that, you can be part of that, but you have to understand uh, the, the best you'll ever have. We're not like that. Uh, we, we believe in something that's far more lasting. I, I want to encourage you to hold fast with your faith and know that what you are doing is unto eternal forever gain. Uh, and that, that it might be hard here, but you will have, you'll have everlasting life. And then you see that Noah built something that mattered to God. Uh, you might say, while others played, uh, Noah worked. Uh, Noah, Noah believed uh, in, in uh, living for God. Noah believed that it was more important to do what God wanted you to do than just to follow the crowd around. Do you understand that we're looking at somebody that God said the whole place is corrupt? God, God said the, the imagination of all of them, millions, I guess, the imagination of all of them is just evil. They're just, they're constantly thinking evil, doing evil. Uh, it's, just, it's just the whole culture. Uh, Jesus said they were, they, were, they were, you know, doing normal things, marrying. And what, what you're going to see, here's Noah in the midst of a whole culture, a whole world of people who are just... Uh, not even hearing from God, don't care about God, uh, living for themselves and, uh, and, uh, and just living for, for whatever made them happy. But Noah, Noah does something very different to them. He listens to God and then he uses his life to do something that mattered for God. And that's one of the greatest things you can do. Now, again, not everybody will go and, uh, you know, win somebody in another country to Christ or see a church planted, but you can be part of all that happening. You can be part of that. Uh, but you should use your life to, to build something that matters to God. Uh, you say, like what? Well, how about a family? How, how, about, how, about, how about a family that's a, that's a good testimony for God? That's worth building. Uh, how, how about a local church? Uh, I, this, this didn't just happen. There were people here many years ago who took on a burden, who had a vision, uh, who came here when I guess this was just grass in a paddock. Uh, I, I remember visiting the church here when Good Shepherd Baptist Church uh, met in the kindergarten. Uh, was it Robinson Road? Uh, and uh, met in the kindergarten there. And that's the first meeting I came to of the church. They didn't, I don't know if they didn't have the property. They certainly weren't out here. But there were a group of people who sacrificed. Building a local church is something that matters to God. And, uh, and caring about that, that's, that's, that's something eternal. And that's the way we need to think. My, 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 my resources, I need to uh, commit them to things that are eternal, that matter. It's always a tragedy to me when people suddenly find religion in the latter years of their life and uh, just short of dying give uh, $5 million to the Catholic Church. That's what Frank Sinatra did, who did it his way. 
Uh, there, there are others in uh, Asia who do the same thing. Uh, and there, there was a man recently who, who uh, was chased down in Thailand, had to move to a neighbouring country uh, because of embezzlement of, you know, tens of millions of dollars, uh, was reaching, uh, never, never got arrested and brought back, and so used millions and millions of dollars to build a large temple in a neighbouring country, uh, believing that somehow that's going to get you over the line. That's just a, what a tragic waste of resources. What a, what a tragic, what a, what a double condemnation that, uh, that it's like you've, you've been handed over, that you're just, not only did you live a, a wicked life yourself, uh, with your last opportunity to use your resources, you use them to do further harm to other people. But that's not us. We should be using what we have to build for the Lord. We cannot build without God. Uh, in Psalm 127.1, we read, Except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We cannot build without God, but we must labour with God. We need, to, we need to do our part. Number three, Noah built a boat. Well, that was different. Did God ask you to build a boat? I don't think, I, I, I can't find that God asked anybody else to build a boat. It was just, it was just him. Uh, but Nehemiah built a wall. Uh, some built a tent and some built a temple. And I say that to say, we're not all the same. What God will ask you to do might be unique to you. Uh, all our ministries will not look the same. Uh, we, we, we maybe will, in the mission field, maybe we'll reach people uh, a different way but with the same gospel. And the most important thing is not what somebody else has done but to learn from that and work out what our mission is and uh, what it is that God wants us to do in our times. What, what, can, what can you do for the Lord? Why are you here? Uh, what are you supposed to do? And then lastly, what Noah did uh, for God blessed others. It blessed others. You know, how did it bless others? Well, there was an immediate salvation of some through what Noah did. Some people were saved simply because of what, what Noah did. He was used to see others saved. But beyond that, uh, Noah uh, blessed us all. You know, we can, we can trace ourselves back to Noah's uh, sons. That's, that's where we come from. Now, we're, we're children of Adam, but, but between us and Adam was a global flood. So, you know, there was, a, there was, a, there was an, an interjection where the world that Adam knew uh, was, was radically changed. It all went under rushing water. And so we really, it's of Noah. It's of the faith of Noah and Noah that, that we trace ourselves to. You know, Noah's faithfulness to God blessed others. Many, many times... Uh, our people say to me, and I have to be careful I don't get sort of, mm-hmm, you know, have a mm-hmm moment. But many, many times, someone said it to me again just a couple of days ago uh, on, a, on a video on the phone. Uh, they said to me, and they say it many times, uh, if you had not come, uh, we, we, would, we would be in hell. We'd be on our way to hell. And they kind of, it's a, they, they say that all the time. And they say it like they really understand that that would have been the case. And they'll say to me, no, do you understand? Nobody would have come to me uh, when you came to me. 
no, nobody, nobody would come. I, I would be going to hell. And, and there are people, you, you know, I don't know what to say, but, but maybe here for some salvation just becomes a bit, mm-hmm. But when you're part of a, a really small number of people in a really vast land of uh, darkness and God sends somebody to you or people from another place send somebody to you to tell you a truth that you've never heard in your whole life. You didn't have religious education in your primary school. You didn't turn on the TV. You didn't even get Oral Roberts. You, didn't, you got nothing. None of that. You had no idea. No idea. Not only did you not know, your parents didn't know. And your grandparents didn't. You know, we don't even know what it's like. Well, most of us, we don't even know what it's like to be in a thousand-year-old culture. We don't know what that's like. We, we, we can go back just a couple hundred years and say people came here uh, with Bibles and with a belief in God. And, and maybe we're quite away from that now, but you'll drive home tonight. You'll, you'll pass a few churches on the way home. There's, there's, there's more light here than sometimes we give credit for. Really, if you're, if you're in Australia and you wanted to know, you, you probably can find out. You, you probably know someone who knows a Christian or, or you might know one yourself. But there are places like that where I am for a thousand years, generation after generation, people who lived a whole life. They were born as babies. They grew up. Uh, they married they had children, uh, their children had children, um, they lived, they farmed, they talked, they had community and they just died in the darkness and no one ever, ever told them uh, how, how they could be, get saved. They've never, they never heard it. They didn't hear it to say no to, they never heard it and, and this has repeated itself over and over again for a thousand years. Well, you've got to understand, when a missionary goes like that and someone in that long chain of hears the gospel and gets saved, you know, they really realise what they have. Our people realise what they have. Well, our people sing hymns, they cry. And they cry because they realise they know what's true and they realise that they would be in hell. And they try to convince me. They try to tell me. Can you... They, they look at me like, do you not understand if you had not come? And they, they're trying to let me know this was really important that what you're doing. Because I can be like, mm, and I'm, I'm, you know, I must say I'm there. But, but they've never lost it. And I'm just saying that, that this thing, this listening to the voice of God and, and by faith and people who give and people who go, it really, really matters to a lot of people. And they're very, very glad to be saved. There are many people, you'll get to meet them one day in heaven. Some of you have got to meet, but they're really glad. So people get saved and then, and then beyond that, you know, others get affected for good. We are, we are of Noah's descendants. So when I got saved, you know, I broke a family cycle. What was the cycle? Alcoholism. 
What do you mean? Father, father's father. I think father's father's father. Brothers, or, or just the cycle. The cycle. So when I got saved, God delivered me out of that. I got saved because some people decided to try to plant a church in Bracken Ridge that never eventuated. It was, by all external measures, a failed endeavour. But out of that, I got saved. I don't know if anybody else did, but that's how I got reached. They came to me. They came to where I was, and they, and they preached the word of truth. They preached the gospel. Now, I got saved. So when I got saved, then it broke the cycle for me. Okay, then what happened? Well, then I married someone else who got saved. And then what happened? Well, then I had children who never even knew what it was like to have the life I had. And why did that happen? Because the cycle got broken because somebody preached the gospel to me. So it was not only good for me, my children grew up never seeing things that was normal for me to be around. My children were not, they, they could sleep in peace at night. You say, well, then what happened? Well, then my children had children. And so now my children's children uh, will be in church tomorrow. And they will be under the sound of the gospel. And I'm just saying, when you reach somebody for Christ, that's what happens. It breaks the whole bondage of darkness. And you can, you can rescue a whole family line. A whole family line. And it's not just here. That's what's going on. I could point to you again and again in Thailand. People who, when they got saved, uh, you know, just like I said, they married someone and now it's different for their child and now they have children. Uh, Joe and I have children that grow up in church that don't know anything different. They'll never have the life that their parents had to have. They sit in church. They sing songs. They're around people who love them. They sit under the word of truth. Uh, they're under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, that doesn't happen without the gospel going out. And so, so all of this, you know, it, it's important. Uh, and we need to be, I need to be hearing God's voice. Uh, I need to be walking in faith. And I just need to be doing my part for, for the church. I've watched numbers of you here. I'm going to finish. I've watched numbers of you here build a family. I remember many of you here when... Uh, you know, there were people who were single when I, was, when I was here and now have many children. And you built a family. Well, that's lasting. That's something for God. And uh, it, it, it matters. We need to be faithful in this thing. Uh, like Noah, who is remembered for what he did uh, by faith. There might be many things we do that we don't want remembered, but let's do some things that God will want to remember and uh, do our part. Pray, pray about that. Let's have a word of prayer together and then uh, Andrew will come. Father, help us, please, as we've assembled here on Saturday night, uh, flags that represent nations all around us, uh, flags that when we see them, they, they, they make us think of a people and a place. And uh, Lord, it's good for us to be reminded of the need of the world. Please help our church. Help us, I pray that you would give clarity as we pray over our faith promise cards, that you'd show us what you'd want us to do. 
I pray, Lord, that we would not uh, be weary of doing what is right. Help us not to just be dismissive of the need of the world. Help us not to just think, oh, again, uh, God, keep us with a freshness and an urgency about reaching the world for Christ that we might do our part of. We pray you bless this, uh, bless whatever should be retained of the message tonight, Lord, um, and bless the church as we, we pray by grace to be able to go forward. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.